Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with some samples. You guys, allergies suck and it really sucks when my nose is all stuffed up. I can't do anything. I can't even enjoy dinner because I can't taste my food. I can't work out because I feel so tired and I'm out of it and just forget getting ahead on recording the show because I sound so stuffy. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've honestly been using Claritin D for my allergies forever and it's always been my go-to. I know when spring hits, I won't have to worry about my eyes watering like crazy and my nose running like a faucet. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hey, Murder With My Husband listeners. We're here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. There's a lot of pressure around gifting. I usually actually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas. Garrett and I sometimes get super stressed trying to find the perfect thing. But now with gift mode on Etsy, I can search hundreds of gifting personas and find so many incredible items. And I actually just found a custom pickleball set for my pickleballer who, as you know, is obsessed with it. Now, it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleball gift mode has you covered need to find the perfect gift don't panic try gift mode on etsy now hey everybody welcome back to our podcast this is murder with my husband i'm peyton moreland and i'm garrett moreland and he's the husband and i'm the husband thank you for listening if you are on youtube please give us a thumbs up and subscribe and turn on notifications so you guys can be notified every single time we upload a new video and also we love the comments on there we try to reply as much as we can so keep commenting and if you are listening on podcast hi um if you want to leave us a review if possible also subscribe it helps us out so much and if you are a new listener hi hello welcome we love having you We do have a Patreon exclusive episode coming out. It should be out actually by the time you're hearing this. And it's for our $10 and $20 tiers. So if you want to check that out, the link will be in the description of wherever you're listening or watching. And also you can just Google Murder With My Husband Patreon and check our Patreon out. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We love you guys. We love our patrons. Okay, Gary, do you have your 10 seconds for this episode? Um, I don't really know if I have any 10 seconds. My grass is not any greener. (laughs) <laughs> and i haven't used the barbecue in a week so because it's been so windy here it's been so windy okay uh, well we had our anniversary we did have our anniversary that is an important 10 seconds oh and i did get a lot of messages about this actually on instagram because we posted and we stayed in a very old hotel in the city and i got so many messages like oh my gosh you're staying in a hotel yes literally the first thing i did when garrett told me we were staying at the hotel was google any type of crime that has happened there any type of death what room what floor and there were quite a bit and so i felt a little spooky there but yes i did stay there and it was great that's so true the first hour we were there Peyton was on the couch going oh my gosh this happened in this time 
This happened at this time. It's true. This happened at this time. I just had to know. And this is not sponsored. So if this hotel wants to reach out to us and do a sponsor, then I'll say the name. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. Um, I was going to say, before we jump into it, at the beginning when I say, and I'm the husband, I always wonder if people think that we like put the same intro on every single episode because I feel like it sounds the same, same every single time. No. Yeah. We just say it every single time and yeah. honestly i went back and listened because i was like when did we start doing this because we didn't plan this this wasn't like a thing that we wrote out and planned yeah. we just said it once and i think it wasn't until like the third fourth maybe even fifth episode that we started doing the intro sort of like this the first time it wasn't i don't think you said and i'm the husband he like we kind of just said and then it just got bigger and bigger as we went and now we just i don't even know when we just started yeah. saying is it, it on time. our first episode no Oh. Our first episode, we just jump in. We're like, hi. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> it's so awkward. If you're ever referring our podcast to someone, tell them to skip the first couple and then go back and listen because they might not want to listen after they hear those first ones. kind of true. Okay. So our case this week was actually suggested multiple times and you'll understand why once we get into it. But like any case, this case actually rocked the small town that it's it happened in. And it actually happened in East Idaho. So this is a hometown murder for me. It's a case that happened in my town. And it was suggested multiple times because shout out to my dad. A lot of his friends listened to our podcast and they all were alive during the time that this mm. happened. And so they all have suggested it to me multiple, multiple times. And then anytime I call my dad and he's with them, they're like, hey, are you going to do that case? So guys, this one is for you, you old farts. We are doing the case of Paul Ezra Rhodes. Okay, let's do it. Our case sources are fdsidaho.org, odp.idaho.gov, um, an episode of Ice Cold Killers called Blizzard of Bullets, and clarkprosecutor.org, as well as Murderpedia, obviously. Our case starts in Blackfoot, Idaho, which you know where that is. We've been. Yeah, I do know that is. Um, this is where 21-year-old newlywed Stacy Larson was working the night shift at a local convenience store. Stacy is described as a tough girl who knew who she was. She was kind and confident. She stood up for those around her. February 28th, 1987, just after midnight, some of Stacy's friends decided to rent some movies from the store that Stacy was working at. So this is when you actually like had to go in. There Blockbuster. No, yeah, there was no Netflix I love or those anything. days. So her little convenience store she worked at had a couple movies to choose from. So they're like, oh, we'll just go rent them from the store. While walking into the store, Stacy's friends are actually almost hit by a pickup truck that was driving manically, um, considering the condition of the roads this time of year. Basically, Blackfoot is about 30 minutes away from my hometown of Idaho Falls. And in the winter months that sadly honestly last from like October to early April, even sometimes May, the weather can be brutal. It's cold. It's snowing all of the time. And the roads are icy. I usually drove like an average of 20 miles per hour basically anytime it snowed and due to the small town atmosphere there are not a ton of snow plows to take care of the snow fast enough so it freezes over and it gets icy so stacy's friends just assume it's a drunk driver that almost hit them in this parking lot i mean it's the middle of the night when they walk into the convenience store they see stacy's purse her car still in the parking lot but no stacy they don't believe that she would have walked out on a shift. They feel something bad has happened to her. Her friends call the police immediately. 
When Blackfoot police arrived just after midnight, they discovered that about $200 was missing from the register. Stacy's friends tell police about a dark green pickup truck who almost hit them in the parking lot and that the person inside had long, dark hair. Police contact Stacy's husband, and he is shocked about his wife's disappearance. Blackfoot police set up searches around the area, the fields, the land. A local dentist who had volunteered to help was slowly driving around the area kind of early the next morning when he passed two dumpsters on the side of the road. That's when he noticed the blood-stained snow, and that's all he could see. Also, Blackfoot is not very big. In no. 1987, it would be even smaller. even smaller. And so you have to imagine this guy, the dentist that is found this snow, he drove down a long road. There's not much on it. And then he just passes some random dumpsters and sees the snow. When they further investigated the bloodstained snow, they found Stacy's body. She was dumped in the snow near the dumpsters and had been shot multiple times. What the heck? The sun was beginning to rise and the snow she was surrounded by could possibly start to melt soon if the temperatures rose. Police noted the truck tire marks around the body and two sets of footprints. So she was dead. She was just found shot dead. Yes. Okay. There were also 38 caliber revolver shell casings around the body, as well as an 18 inch long hair on Stacy's sweater that didn't match her hair. Detectives note that Stacy's watch that she usually wore was missing off of her wrist. After digesting what they had found, police come up with an early idea of what might have happened. They think that Stacy somehow fought off her attacker in the truck who had kidnapped her from the convenience store she was working at that night. And she opened the passenger door and began running away. Her attacker then chased after her, firing multiple rounds at her, but missing. It wasn't until one hit her in the arm that Stacy fell down in the snow. Stacy's killer then needed to reload his revolver after missing so many times. Oh, okay. So he dumped the old casings out on the ground and then reloaded. So a revolver gun doesn't actually just discharge mm-hmm. the casings. You have to actually dump them out. So that's why police were like, it's kind of weird that these casings are here. But then they realized he shot so many times that he had to dump and reload. Oh, Stacey, man. So it was probably the last, the last round mm-hmm. that hit her. So Stacy, who was still on the ground at this point while her attacker is reloading, maneuvers her way to the dumpsters, police think for protection because it was the only thing out there. So she's trying to like hide, I guess. But her attacker actually followed her, like walked over to her and shot her from close range two more times with the new bullets. The attacker then gets back in his car and leaves. But Stacy's wounds weren't immediately fatal. She'd only been shot Oh, so she sat in the freezing cold, bleeding out until she passed away. And she sat there for quite a while. It's so messed up. I just, to this day, I still don't get how you can just walk up the shooter, killer and be like, all right, right, I'm taking off. Yeah. Police obviously run through early suspects, suspicious and creepy customers from the convenience store that all, you know, employees knew about. They're like, oh, check this guy, check this guy. But all immediate suspects are cleared. There's no lead on the green truck, no lead at all in the case until 16 days later, we are now moving to my hometown of Idaho Falls. On the night of March 16th, 1987, 23-year-old Nolan Haddon is also working at a convenience store, but this time in Idaho Falls. Nolan's brother, Clay, who had never been to Nolan's work, decided to randomly visit him that night. Nolan's mother, Julie, says that Nolan loved working at the store because it gave him some extra spending money. He was on track to graduate as a radiation technician. 
Nolan was very active, the youngest of three boys. He was friendly and loved to be outdoors. He had many friends. Clay, his brother, says that he left the store around 10.30 p.m. So Clay is like randomly, I'm going to go see Nolan at work, goes, um, hangs out with him for a bit, and then leaves at 10.30 p.m. And says Nolan was doing great when he left. You know, he was about to close up. Everything was good. The next day, around 6 a.m., another convenience store clerk shows up for the morning shift at Nolan's work. She was surprised to find the front door to the store unlocked and the telephone was off the hook, dangling from the spiral cord. And I do just want to give a fun fact. My parents actually just moved and the convenience store that is taking place in our story right now is right down the road from my it parents' is? new house. Yes. Well, I didn't know that. Garrett hasn't been to my parents' new house yet, but we'll pass it. You'll know exactly okay. which one I'm talking about and we'll pass it on the way. Well, to I don't know if house. I want to go in it now. I know. So the new clerk is surprised to find the front door open, as I said, and the cash register was opened and the clerk noticed bloody footprints on the floor. So immediately she's on high alert. She decides to call her boss who shows up and together they found, they begin searching the store and they found Nolan on the floor in a pool of blood in the store's walk-in refrigerator room. What? So it's kind of where they keep supplies, cold supplies, Uh um, beer, stuff like that. And he's on the floor in a pile of blood in that room. So most likely it's the same person that did it in Blackfoot now went to Idaho Falls. Yes. And killed Nolan. store again late at night. So they are both actually surprised to find a faint pulse on Nolan upon checking him. So it seems as if he was dying from blood loss and hypothermia because he's in the freezer. Yeah. But they're like, oh my gosh, you know, call the ambulance. Like he's alive. So the owner applies pressure on the wound until the ambulance arrives and doctors note that Nolan had been shot multiple times so he needed immediate surgery at the hospital and the hospital is just right down the road from where this convenience store is in idaho falls all right you guys audible is your one-stop app for all things audio entertainment from bestsellers and the latest releases to celebrity memoirs and gripping mysteries audible's library is brimming with countless genres to love and new discoveries to make Dive into an unparalleled selection of audiobooks and explore exclusive Audible originals brought to life by top celebrities, renowned experts, and fresh voices. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Plus, you can enjoy unlimited access to a growing selection of audiobooks, Audible originals, and podcasts such as with my husband. Honestly, I love Audible because I will get into a story while I'm cleaning or driving. Sometimes I get so hooked listening to a story, I just end up finding new places to clean or just end up sitting in my car, which drives Garrett nuts, but I'm out there sitting there. New members can explore Audible free for 30 days. Also, this March through May, the Audible sweep you into a realm of intrigue and suspense with their mystery and thriller collection, featuring exclusive new thrillers from their best-selling authors. Their selection is designed to captivate and surprise, ensuring your heart rate remains as elevated as your imagination. New members can try Audible for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash MWMH or text MWMH to 500-500. That's audible.com slash MWMH or text MWMH to 500-500. Taking charge of my health is all about being super conscious of what I fuel my body with. Whether it's food or supplements, I'm constantly on the lookout for the top choices and that's why I'm stoked to share with all of you Thorn. 
Thorne takes a personalized, innovative, and scientific approach to health and wellness with their supplements. They manufacture all their supplements in the U.S. using top-notch ingredients sourced globally. Plus, they team up with leading medical professionals to bring you highly effective nutritional supplements. Whether it's their B-complex, creatine, magnesium, or basic prenatal, Thorne's got all the supplements I need to help promote and maintain my health goals. You guys, I'm actually taking the B-complex vitamins every single morning, and I feel like it enhances my energy and mood, especially if we've been eating a little bit unhealthy. With Thorne, we never have to question what's in each supplement because they go the extra mile when it comes to quality, manufacturing, and ingredients. Give your body what it really needs with Thorne. Go to thorne.fit slash husband and use code husband for 10% off your first order. That's T-H-O-R-N-E dot F-I-T slash husband code husband for 10% off your first order. Thorne dot fit slash husband code husband these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration the product is not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease okay you guys the weather is getting warmer so it's time to put away the jackets and sweaters and bring out the shorts and the tees i wanted to update my wardrobe not just for the season but for the long haul without spending a fortune and luckily i found quince now i've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year and i'm gonna be honest one of the outfits i'm wearing to our live show is from quince that's what i'm talking about like premium european linen dresses blouses and shorts from 30 dollars washable silk tops timeless 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more the best part all quince items are priced 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they actually partner directly with top factories, so Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman um, and passes the savings on to you. So, like I said, I just bought one of their silk skirts for the live show, and I'm so excited. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com husband for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash husband to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash husband. And as this is happening, Idaho Falls police begin investigating the scene. They lift 149 prints out of the store, which is pretty usual. It's a convenience store. There's a lot of people in and out of there. Whoa. How would you organize all of that? Right. It's going to take time, especially back in the 80s, to decipher all of this. They photograph the bloody footprints that looked, they say it looked like a boot, as if a boot had made the footprints. Okay. And they note that $160 was taken from the register as well as some cigarettes and some lighters. But there were still $1,900 sitting in an unlocked safe in the convenience store. So I was going to ask about that. It's kind of not making sense to me why he's taking such Low little numbers. amount of money. Yes. Especially if he's killing someone. It's not like he's trying to stay undercover by taking right right so you're uh, you caught on to that a lot faster because police also begin to feel like nolan's attack wasn't necessarily about the money why did they leave so much money why didn't they take a lot they recover five 38 caliber bullets from the walk-in cooler noting that some of them hadn't hit nolan they also found some burned paper bags and a lighter in the refrigerator as well it's noted that the last transaction on the store's register was at 10.17 p.m. The store was supposed to close at 11 p.m. And that's when police think the attacker showed up, took Nolan into the cooler, and shot him five times. One bullet severed his spine, which meant that he couldn't walk or move out of the cooler despite being alive, which oh. is why they found him in the cooler. 
Police figure out that the paper bags had most likely been lit on fire by Nolan himself, who was most likely trying to stay warm the whole entire night in the cooler. No way. Until he was found the next morning. That's crazy. He would sit there for almost eight hours bleeding out, having been paralyzed because he was shot in the spine before being discovered the next day by the worker and the manager. Police notify Nolan's family about the attack and then also recognize the similarities between their case and the murder case that happened in Blackfoot just a little over two weeks earlier. Both convenience store workers, both night shifts, both shot, both with 38 caliber bullets. They sent the bullets to comparisons and they confirmed that they matched. It was the same shooter who had shot Stacy in Blackfoot and now had shot Nolan in Idaho Falls. Despite these similarities, the only thing stumping detectives was that Stacy had, it looked like, been attempted to be sexually assaulted and Nolan had not. So why would a serial killer cross genders? Why a girl and then a boy? Question, did anyone see the truck again by chance? Not in, not in the Idaho Falls shooting. Okay, no. got it. Police discover that Nolan had actually switched shifts with a woman who usually worked that night. So police think that the attacker had staked the place out, knew this woman's schedule, showed up that night figuring she would be there, but was surprised to find Nolan. Mm. So they do think he was actually trying to target a woman, but ended up targeting Nolan. Okay. Back at the hospital, Nolan was fighting for his life, but the hypothermia and loss of blood overcame him. Nolan didn't make it. He didn't survive after surgery. Oh, man. Nolan unfairly and unjustly was taken too soon and his family was destroyed. Nolan's brother is so grateful that he had the random idea to stop in and see Nolan that night before. Uh. And he knows that that happened for a reason. He knows that he was like, he felt the feeling to go there for a reason. Do you know if he died more from the gunshots or it being cold? He died from a combination of hypothermia and loss of blood. So both. Panic begins to spread throughout East Idaho, and East Idaho includes both Blackfoot and Idaho Falls. They obviously have maybe a serial killer. Before these murders, a lot of people believe that nothing like this could ever happen in these small towns of Idaho. They were small. All sorts of calls being began pouring into police. Neighbors throwing other neighbors under the bus. Like, oh, it was this guy. It was what? this guy. It was this girl. Yeah. Chaos began ensuing. Sifting through these tips was hard, and it made it even worse when a man falsely confessed that he had done these killings and then went back and recanted. Why would someone do that? I don't know. I don't know. So police feel the burden of trying to close this case. Uh Local convenience stores in surrounding counties were warned. The killer was still on the loose, and this was his MO, like convenience stores. Police videotape and stake out both Stacy and Nolan's funerals in hopes of finding suspicious behavior, but no one stands out. Police are doing all they can, but they really are no closer to finding the perpetrator. And then on March 19th, the day of Nolan's funeral, only a few days, it's actually only three days after Nolan was shot, the police department receives a missing person report from a concerned husband in Idaho Falls. 34-year-old teacher Susan had stayed home from work that morning, but had actually had to head to the school to drop off the lesson plan. So she felt sick, but she's like, I have to go drop off the lesson plan for the substitute, and then I'll be home to rest. She never came home. When Idaho Falls releases the image of Susan to spread the word and spread awareness, calls come in from witnesses who had seen her at a grocery store by herself that morning. 
A search has started for Susan as police feel like it might be related to the other murders happening. I mean, what are the chances that this many crimes can be happening in one small town? And she was at a grocery store. Convenience store, yeah. grocery store, gas station. Yeah. As we know, the more time that goes by in an abduction, the less likely they will be found alive. So 24 hours after Susan had been last seen, her van is found abandoned on some random road in Idaho Falls. The only clue to the disappearance, police collect long brown hairs that weren't Susan's in the van. They find her checkbook in the van and it shows several checks written out totaling around $2,000. It appears as if Susan's abductor had made her drive around town to different banks to pull cash out. So it also seems like, well, not seems like, but this guy obviously, or girl, yeah, guy or obviously girl. has long brown hair. Yes. This is I now mean, they the found it scene. on the second scene. Yes. So. Police find scrape marks, rocks, and grass under the frame of the car and the wheels. So this car is kind of trashed. Deputies are sent out to the west side of Idaho Falls around Highway 20 because they noted that the grass um, that was stuck in the van looked particular to this specific area in Idaho Falls. They noticed that an area of fence around this place looked as if it had been driven through. And so police begin, you know, they get out, they begin searching the area by foot. And they actually come upon some school assignments on the ground that were from Susan's class that she had corrected. Oh, it's so sad. So police are like, crap, our hunch was right. Yeah. We are close. Susan has been here. Keep in mind, it's cold. It's snowing. The fields are covered in snow. While scanning the area, an officer sees Susan's body. All hopes of saving her fade as they see the blood in the snow and they oh discover my her gosh. dead. So that's three people now mm-hmm. that in, he's killed. In like two weeks. And she had been shot nine times and sexually assaulted. Susan had been abducted from the grocery store parking lot that day around 7 a.m. So people saw her at the grocery store and then she was abducted from the parking lot. It looks like Susan had also tried to run away from her attacker once they got to the field um, and was shot in the back. Once down, the attacker unloaded his revolver, dropping casings once again, and the attacker then continued to fire at an already wounded Susan. I feel like he's so careless. I agree. Which I'm surprised he hasn't been caught yet because he's so careless. He's just dumping his casings everywhere. He just... Picking people out of parking lots, dropping shell casings. In broad daylight. That was the morning time, right? Yes, this one was in daylight. So the other two were at night and this one was daylight. And also... I didn't see anything that said this, but just a personal hunch. I do think it's weird that the two girls that he or she kidnapped into their truck and took out to a random open area, both happened to escape from the truck and run away. Mm. I think he let them out just to chase them. I think it was like a game. Like it's like a game. That's, oh, that's what so I feel because up. what are the chances that yeah. the doors unlock all of a sudden and they're both able to get out and run away? Yeah. I find that weird. So a 16.5 inch long brown hair was actually shot through Susan's body and lodged into her heart. This means that it was like laying on her skin and then the bullet went in and clipped the hair and took it into her heart. And it was the same hair from Stacy's case, the same hair from Susan's van. Yeah. The 38 caliber bullets are matched to the previous cases. It was the same attacker. So the same attacker attacked Stacy in Blackfoot, attacked Nolan in Idaho Falls, and now attacked Susan in Idaho Falls, and all three victims have passed away. Okay. The next part is going to show you just how small Idaho Falls was at this time. The farmhand that was near the field where Susan was shot out in the middle of nowhere 
had heard the gunshots. Like he was just sitting there working, heard these random gunshots, was like, okay, that was kind of weird. He cautiously made his way out to the main road just in time to see a red van driving east on the road. As the van passed the farmhand where he was standing, he realized he knew the driver. He put up his hand to wave because the person driving Susan's red minivan back into town was the farmhand's own cousin. No way. His cousin's name is Paul Ezra Rhodes. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Hola. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. So a lot of people don't know that Garrett is actually fluent in Spanish, so I feel like I wanted to keep up my game and my goal is to be able to have a conversation with Garrett fully in Spanish by the end of the year and I feel like I probably will hit that. Plus Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. This is the hard part for me. Here's a special limited time deal for you guys right now. Get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription but only for you guys at babbel.com slash husband. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash husband. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash husband. Rules and restrictions may apply. Once you try Bombas, you'll never look at socks the same way again. They've obsessed over details like foot-hugging honeycomb arch support, anti-blister tabs, and cushioned footbeds that feel like pillows for your feet. And let's not forget their super soft tees and tagless underwear. Bombas has a one purchased equals one donated mission. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you also donate essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. Today, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. Bombas also offers a 100% happiness guarantee. So whether your socks disappear in the dryer or they become a snack for your dog, they will actually do anything possible to replace it or make it right. They've also got this new Merino wool blend socks that naturally wick moisture and help regulate temperatures perfect for that rainy or unpredictable spring weather. You guys, I love Bombas. I literally wear them all the time. I love that every purchase means a donation to someone in need. And it's not just their socks either. I also love their tees and underwear. They're so soft. They pay attention to details. I just really, really love Bombas. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash husband and use code husband for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash husband and use code husband at checkout. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So like we all have stuff that stresses us out, right? Whether it's big or small, it can really get to us if we keep it all inside. And therapy is a safe space to just let it all out and figure out how to deal with the stuff that's weighing us down. And I am such a huge advocate for therapy. It truly has changed my life for the better. I could go on and on. I feel like I have the tools now to handle panic attacks or just major stressors in life and also a safe space to say whatever I need to say to an unbiased party. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash husband today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash husband. According to FDSIdaho.org, Paul was born in 1957. He was the oldest of four children, and he also had an older stepbrother. His family had a history of neglect, domestic violence, drug abuse, and mental illness. It's pretty safe to say that Paul's family was not a cohesive family. It was very, very rough. His father didn't help raise him or his siblings, and Paul contracted polio at four years old. He then went on to have multiple complications for years due to the disease and was unable to participate in any sports or physical activity growing up. He grew up on 6th Street in Idaho Falls, and he was introduced by his father and grandpa to drugs at the age of 10 years old. Whoa. Paul dropped out of high school at age 16 and began working for his uncle until he became heavily addicted to meth in the 1980s. Not so fun fact, Idaho ranks 8th in the nation for meth use in 2016. Is it really? Yeah. And approximately one Idahoan dies every week from meth. These were in 2016, these statistics. It's also studied that an inmate with history of methamphetamine use is nine times more likely to have committed murder than an inmate without history of methamphetamine use. So if an Mm. inmate um, like uses meth, he's nine times more likely to have killed someone. Okay. Is that not crazy? Yeah, those are pretty crazy That's a crazy statistic. statistic. Also, all of our sources for these statistics are linked in our bio along with our case sources. Police discover, once having a name, that Paul Rhodes was in trouble for breaking into a lingerie shop, performing a sexual act on a store mannequin in the shop, and then shooting that said mannequin with a thirty-eight caliber bullet. What in the world? That's so weird. Yes, so he got in trouble with this before all of these murders happened. Once they find out who it is, they look up his record and discover this. And I include this because this he just escalated. He escalated. Yeah. He broke into a store and did it on a live person. He went from like fake to yeah. real. On a mannequin and That's... then shot the mannequin and then decided to do it to a, like a living person. Now three people in two weeks. Yes. He's definitely like on a rampage. Yeah. Detectives head to Paul's home only to find his mom there. And she claims that Paul had come home and stolen her car and then left. Police decide to release Paul's picture all over the news, hoping someone might see the now fugitive. And it works because a trucker calls police in Nevada and says that he thinks he saw Paul crash his car, get out of it, and drop a gun on the ground and then leave. So I'm assuming when he saw the farmer, when he saw his cousin. Yes. He went, oh, crap, I need to get out of here. Yes, okay. exactly. Yes. Thank you for pulling that together. He he was like, now someone recognized me driving missing Susan's yep. van. I've got to leave. So he immediately left the state with quite a bit of money from yep. the one register, the other register, and then $2,000 from Susan's accounts. Nevada police head to the scene and they discover the revolver, the exact gun used in all three murders back in Idaho. They call Idaho police and let them know that Paul Ezra Rhodes, their wanted fugitive, was playing blackjack inside one of their casinos after crashing his car outside. So how does that work with the different state boundaries and so forth? So I'm not positive. If you know this, go ahead and message. But what I think happens is 
Nevada could arrest and charge for crashing a car and leaving it and charge him and do whatever they want with that. But they will most likely release him back into custody in Idaho Falls. To be charged with the murders. Of those. Because I do know that like sometimes one criminal can be charged in multiple counties depending on where the murder happened. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So police head into the casino and arrest Paul, who still had blood on his clothes from Susan's murder. And he he was just just sitting down playing blackjack. With all the money he had collected. Yes. Oh, he's crazy. And he still had the blood on his clothes from Susan's murder. He had five lighters in his pocket from Nolan's store. Remember how lighters were missing? Mm-hmm. The five of them were in his pocket from Nolan's store. And he had Stacy's wristwatch in his jacket. So he didn't even care about being caught. No, he literally had ties on his person to all three victims in Idaho. He, he, he didn't care at all. No, he was just. Mm -mm. Paul was eventually extradited back to Idaho where detectives interrogated him about all three murders. Paul says, yes, I did it all. He lays his head down on the table and goes to sleep. So it wasn't even like a fight. He was saying, yes, he did it. And actually this comes into when he begins to appeal his case, this comes up as a problem. I'm not going to go into detail of it, but he was saying he did it already to the Nevada police. And then once Idaho police showed up, he said, yeah, yeah, I did it. And then once he got into interrogation, he said once again, yes, I did it. This comes into a problem because apparently Nevada police hadn't read him Miranda's rights yet before oh, okay. he said, yes, I did it. His appeal gets denied. They're like, no, that that's done. Yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever. Paul Ezra Rhodes pleads guilty to all three murders and is charged separately for all three. He is sentenced to life for Nolan's murder and to death for Stacy and Susan's murder. So how does that work? Because does Idaho have the death penalty? At this time, yes. Okay. Or else he wouldn't have been able to be charged for it. Got it. So actually on November 18th, 2011, at 9.15 a.m., Paul Ezra Rhodes was executed by lethal injection in Idaho. Oh, wow. Okay. He's the last person to be executed on death penalty in Idaho. So 2011. So it's kind of a big deal. It kind of, yes, it is a big deal. So Paul was actually offered hot dogs, sauerkraut, mustard, ketchup, onions, relish, baked beans, veggie sticks, and ranch dressing, along with fruit and strawberry ice cream cups for his last meal. This is the same meal that's offered to all Idaho maximum security inmates. They don't get to like choose in Idaho. Mm -hmm. His last words right on before getting executed was this. To Bert, who is Susan's husband, and I'm purposely leaving their last name out. I am sorry for the part I played in your wife's death. For Haddon and Baldwin, which is Stacy and Nolan, I can't help you. You still have to keep looking. I'm sorry for your family, but I can't help you. I took part in Susan's murder, but I can't help you guys. I'm sorry. Wait, what? Yes. So he pled guilty at first. And then after sitting in prison for a couple years said, actually, I only did Susan's murder. Keep in mind, the only physical witness was for Susan's murder because the cousin saw him. So why would he plead guilty to the other two then? I don't know. I don't know where along the way that he changed his mind and decided that he was. Or maybe he did it with. Well, there was no ever evidence of doing it with someone. Oh, but only in Susan's because someone saw the van and said, oh, I saw Paul, but I also saw like Paul's cousin and Paul's girlfriend. Like it was the whole um, like Rhodes family in was the van. in the van. Someone said that. Now at trial, they didn't, the state didn't come with that. They said it was only Paul alone. But someone comes forward, a witness and says, no, I saw the whole Rhodes family in the van. So something's fishy. Something's fishy. And I'm not going to go into like small town talk, which is why I'm not like 
talking about it too much. Yes. But someone does at trial come forward and say, no, I saw more than just Paul in that van. I saw a whole group of people. And then a lot of people think a whole group of people helped with these murders or at least with Susan's because that's where it was seen. But the state says, no, they tried him as Paul and Paul only committing these murders. And we'll probably never know because he's dead. We'll never know. (laughs) Well, he's dead. And I'm sure they're not going to open the case back up. And by the time he got to like his deathbed, he wasn't going oh, no, actually, it was all three of us. Or, no, no, he, he had said, no, I didn't actually even do two of them. What the heck? Okay. He then said goodbye to his mom, and he turned to the executioner and uttered, I forgive you, I really do, for killing him. Oh, it's kind of eerie. It is eerie. That's the end of the case. Okay. But I am going to go over something. There is some, like, mm, speculation that he might have killed in Utah first. Because there were a couple convenience store workers who were murdered in Utah around the same time before all of this happened. And no one knows who it no was? No one knows. No one has made the connection. No like no one has matched fingerprints or anything. What so part of Utah? I don't know. Okay. It just kind of brought up Utah. And then also the witnesses came forward saying that there were more in the van. But that's the only speculation about this case. I will say growing up in Idaho, I did hear a lot more rumors about this case, but I couldn't find any solid source for that so you know like it's just not worth it to include it but yeah that is the case of paul ezra rhodes wow that's crazy i think what interests me the most was the end really like that just out of nowhere it just got like how he got caught or how he said he didn't do it no how he said he didn't do it out of yeah. nowhere it was just like yeah but also he was wearing the watch Yes. And so like how and he had the lighters and he said he didn't kill them. So it doesn't. Yeah. I don't uh, think there's any doubt that he didn't kill Stacy and but Nolan. The other people were involved. involved. Maybe there's a little bit of like, it's a little weird there. Okay. Um, but I don't think there's any doubt that Paul Ezra Rhodes was not involved in all three of these. Murders. Yeah, I agree. And I just feel like he was on a rampage. It's it, he was in a spiral. It's very, It's the behavior of killing all three in under two weeks, taking money, driving all the way to Nevada, gambling after crashing the car and dropping the murder weapon. You know what I mean? Like it's just a spiral. He was spiraling out of control. So I did ask my mom and dad, I said, hey, so what was this like? They were in like middle school, high school time in Idaho Falls. What was it like for you as this two week rampage is going on? Like what was this like personally for you living through it? And my mom said that she remembered not being scared because she was young enough that she would have never gone to a grocery store or convenience store by herself. She, she remembers like thinking that like, mm-hmm. well, I probably won't be picked because I will never be there alone. But she does remember being scared for her mom and telling her mom, mom, don't go anywhere alone. Yeah. Don't go anywhere alone because that's who he's picking people from is like this convenience store, grocery store, which I just think is crazy. Yeah, like, it is kind of weird. It's all about self, self-preservation. Like mm-hmm. you're just like, I just don't, this is scary in a community. It's scary. Yeah. It's terrifying. And it happens all the time. So yeah, that is the story of Paul Ezra Rhodes and also the story of Susan, Nolan, and Stacy. I don't want to forget about them. I don't want their stories to die. So let's remember them. And keep in mind that we have the Patreon episode. It's out now as you're listening to this. If you want to check it out, the link is in the description. And we will see you guys next week for another episode. I love it. And I hate it. Goodbye. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. 
Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.